I don't believe in free speech. I don't believe in free speech. I can't stand what they teach. I don't believe in free speech. I can't stand what they teach. I can't stand what they preach. I don't believe in free speech. Yeah. No, we have to talk about Barbie, the Barbie, the Barbie Barbie. documentary that we watched like six years after it came out. Yeah, there's a Barbie movie coming out, but it's not coming out till like this summer or something, Yeah, the Greta Gerwig Gerwig movie, which looks amazing. I'm so excited What else did she direct? We just saw something from her. Oh, she's done a bunch of stuff. She did Little Women. That's what it was. We watched recently. Okay, yeah. So anyway, she's doing a Barbie movie. So anyway, but but we um, just watched this this documentary on Barbie that came out in like 2018 about events that happened in like 2016. So we're like, this is, you know, as per usual, like completely, uh, <laughs> so we're just picking up an old, an old story. Cause it's interesting. We just saw it last night. So it's new to us and it's, you know, super relevant to the things that I tend to bitch about on this podcast. Um, yeah. It's called tiny shoulders. Yeah, it's on Hulu streaming. Everybody likes tiny shoulders, and it's all because of Barbie. I recognize as a man that while every sexual proclivity that any given woman has is sacred and authentic and should be celebrated as a woman bravely embracing her own sexuality and truths i recognize as a man that every one of my sexual proclivities are evil toxic and purely socially constructed by the mattel corporation through tiny shouldered tiny waisted big breasted barbie dolls and not to mention untold scores of schoolgirl fetishization and infantilization of women. And I'd also like to apologize just for my sexuality. You know, um, I recognize that it's, uh, it's really bad and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get help. I'm trying to, I'm trying because, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to find a way to the, the promised land where I'm become super attracted to like busted up middle-aged women. Because I know that's, you know, what a, a real man would want and not like a Barbie doll. <laughs> so, mm. so that's why the Barbie documentary, you know, is really interesting because um, men want, you know, not Barbie really. It's not, but, you know, just using that as a, a you know, a th- like this woman, the first thing, Barbie, the first thing that a lot of women would say is like, no woman could look like that. But it's what all men want and what all women want. You know, all mm-hmm. the little girls want to be Barbie and all the men want Barbie or whatever you want to substitute for Barbie. It's not really Barbie. Um, I mean, you know, she's kind of tall, but. <laughs> well, it's like the I, I mean, Barbie is like the has been until whatever, 2016, when they rebranded her was like the the vision of like ideal beauty. Like that's what that's why they made her. Like that's what they modeled her on was like this this like collage like piece together. Like here are the perfect legs. Here's the perfect face. Like you know. But oh, and you know when we were watching this last night, 
I was saying we should do a podcast on this and we should actually like just put some of the audio clips in from the movie because there were so many clips where we were like, oh my God, like, <laughs> let me write this down. And I'm like sitting here like trying to, I kept having to like pause the movie to like try to write down exact quotes. And like, yeah. what? so, okay. So let's do that. I'll, uh, I'm going to paste it in and, uh, and here's one right now. I'm so grateful that I didn't grow up with Barbie. Thank God. <laughs> I love being a fashion model. Barbie was everything we didn't want to be. And we're being told to be. I am not a Barbie doll. I am not a Barbie doll. I am not a Barbie doll. I am not a Barbie Some people think Barbie needs to be liberated. Barbie is a very thin woman with proportions that don't exist in reality. And the white blonde woman. And we were told, this is the ideal of beauty. Barbie is the epitome of gender. I mean, who could be more feminine in a sexist sort of way than Barbie? When adults talk about Barbie, they aren't talking about the classic doll that many of us gripped as eight-year-olds. They're talking about gender roles and white supremacy and body image and beauty myths. And I think Barbie symbolically gets caught up in that. Okay, so at this point in the film, we're only like a couple minutes in, and I think I said something like, um, boy, there's going to be a lot of ugly women in this film, aren't there? <laughs> it's, uh, I think I said something like, uh, right away, it's like just pissed off women who are just pissed because they're not Barbie. You know, and that's what so much of it is. The film really centers on this one woman I forgot to look her up or write her name down. You can look it up if you want. But like the main woman, the woman who's like in charge of redesigning Barbie, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, I mean, this is a woman who is she is an overweight lesbian who is totally for obvious reasons. I'm not I'm not, you know, insulting her. She is overweight and she is a lesbian. That's not an insult anyway. But I'm saying she doesn't fit into the category that Barbie has always been about. That's not her. She's not Barbie. And it's very obvious that what this woman wants to do is redesign Barbie until it looks like her. She doesn't want to kill Barbie. She just wants to be Barbie. But without saying that, because like that's how it well, used to be. Everybody wants to all, be Barbie. Right, that's all, the point but, of Barbie. But that's... The problem that we all point to is that this sucks. This makes little girls feel like they have to starve themselves and they have to go to the gym and do all this shit. So fuck that. Fuck Barbie. Like, that's one approach. But the other side is essentially, like, that's what people are saying. But essentially what what we're doing now is, like, let's redesign this thing until it's me. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody wants me, so I'm going to change the rules of everything until... I become the thing that people want. It's just narcissism. Like, how can I compete with that? How can I compete with that? You can't. When did we develop this idea that everybody has to be able, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, what the, who, when did we get to this point where that started to make any sense at all? When did we come to the point where the whole point, of we think that everybody should be special. Everybody should be the shit. Everybody should be the thing that everybody wants to be. That's not really possible, is it really so bad to have some people who we look up to 
That person is so beautiful. That person is so talented. No, that's not how it is anymore, you know? Put fat women in bikinis on the cover of Sports Illustrated and give everybody, like, a fucking, like, Wii guitar. What are those things called? The stupid, like, the things that, so you can, like, pretend to play guitar without having to do any <laughs> of the pesky work of actually yeah. learning how to play a fucking instrument. So you can sit there and have all the fun of being a rock star. You can, like, pretend to play, a, like, a plastic guitar that you just push buttons on. And then, but you're, like, watching some, like, like those virtual. Like, dance, dance yeah, revolution. you're, like, interacting with, like, a virtual reality thing that, that, like, you can have the experience of, like, being a rock star in front of a crowd without all that pain in the ass of, like, learning an instrument and developing an art form. Right. You know? I mean, that's that's the society we're living in. I want the gratification. I want everything. I want something for nothing. Yeah. You know? Well, the big thing about the Barbie documentary that, I mean, I didn't grow up with Barbies, really. I had one. I had the limited edition um, uh, Mia Hamm Barbie. She's a soccer player. Yeah. Um, they came out with like a Mia Hamm Barbie, and it was the first Barbie to ever have flat feet. Uh-huh. Ever. And I got her for Christmas one year from my... You mean like regular shoes, or did they actually change the feet? They changed the feet, so she, like, because, you know, Barbie has, like, those little, like, pointy feet. feet for high heels. And the Mia Hamm Barbie had flat feet because she had to be able to kick the ball. Like, Mm -hmm. they gave you a little ball, and there's, like, a little thing you press on her back, and her leg goes out. Um, And my my dad's mom got her for me for Christmas because it was, like, totally unusual present. But, like, and there's that one girl in the documentary who sort of brings this up, um, but, like, toys for kids that age like they should just be able to use their imagination like it should be a challenge for them to pick something up and imagine some it being something different like that's it's hard for adults who don't have that imagination that capacity for imagination anymore to like imagine what it's like to be a little kid and to be playing with like a rock and not see the rock but see like a little you know, a little snail or something or like a fairy or whatever. Like little kids aren't looking at this doll and thinking like, oh, no, I can't play with her because she doesn't look like me. Like they use their imagination and who knows what they're imagining she looks like. It's just a doll. It's like a figurine to like place in different scenarios. I was going to ask you, I mean, like you are, I don't think you would say that you are the kind of woman who, uh, like you don't identify as one of those kind of women, you know. You, you're not like the captain of the sorority. Captain, they don't have captains. What are they? <laughs> Whatever, you know what I mean. You don't. You're not that kind of person. You've never been like the 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 sorority cheerleader, homecoming queen thing, you know. So when you maybe were maybe that's kid, why that's because I never had Barbies growing up. You never know. You had that Mia Ham Barbie. We don't play soccer either. What the hell I is played, going on? I thought people. I just, played soccer when I was little, though, for like a couple of years. Before but then, you got the Barbie, maybe like a. But I had to do a special soccer because I not like a <laughs> like a special needs soccer. We but took like the short I, bus to get there. No, we. I had to wear a helmet. So there was like the league, but then there was like the YMCA team. And in the in like the soccer league, which like all the popular people did, my dad signed me up for it. But they made you wear shorts, and I was like, I'm not wearing shorts. I want to wear a skirt yeah. or a skirt. Like I was just, I refused to wear shorts. So they were like, Sorry, you can't, like you can't play for the league or whatever. So then I ended up on the YMCA team, and on the YMCA team, you could wear a skirt. 
with like a skirt, like a skirt with shorts underneath it. Right. But I just wouldn't wear shorts. Like a lacrosse thing. Field hockey. Yeah, I don't know if they have if it's a skirt or a skirt, but yeah, it's. I mean, skirts are pretty common. They were bigger in like the early two thousands, but. So yeah. like when you had a Barbie, I mean, did you sit around with your Barbie thinking like, "Ugh, I'm never going to be this hot. I'm never going to be as hot as my plastic doll." Or no, that was never crossed my mind. But I, I didn't asked, have. I never had one of the classic Barbies. But when I saw them, I wasn't particularly drawn to them. I was like, I don't really want to play with that. I'd rather like. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you don't. It's so funny that they are so obsessed with like body types and like the the depiction of the bodies because what I did have growing up were these things called groovy girls and they weren't plastic they were just like um like uh soft plush dolls and they looked I mean they were like they were girls like human beings um and they each had like really funky outfits on and they had like a lot of different skin tones and everything and they had different hair and like all this stuff but their bodies were like literally all the same, just like Barbie is. And I never would think like you wouldn't think, oh, you know, we can't give this doll to our kid because she like isn't curvy or she's like not skinny or whatever it is. Right. It's just like a formless girl that's wearing clothes and has hair. And I guess maybe they were OK because they like had different skin tones for different dolls. But at the same time, right. like you're not trying. There, there was no like campaign to change the groovy girls. <laughs> Right. Well, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, I always like to try to sort of like to try to call out unchecked assumptions, you know, like when did we get this assumption? Because there are so many assumptions like this now. It's just they've just become truths. We know that Barbies are damaging to young girls because we know that young girls want to be as beautiful as their Barbie. We know that a young girl looks at her Barbie and thinks that doesn't look like me. Thus, I feel insecure like that. Like you said earlier, it's like the, the, why does your Barbie need to look like you? Why do you need a Barbie that looks just like you? And again, what I was saying earlier, it's like this narcissism thing. I want, it's like, it's it's a validation thing, but they're little kids. I want a doll that looks just like me. Otherwise I'm going to feel, I'm going to feel threatened if anything is different than me, I just want an exact replica of me. Is that that's what we're going for now? I think that's what the adults who are in charge of these companies are like. Right. It sort of but reminds me of that that's, show, that's the point. Yeah. that movie that we watched, where Tom Hanks goes, he become he's a little kid and he becomes an adult. Oh, big! And they yeah they hire <laughs> they hire him as like a toy consultant to see like what toys work. Like Barbie doesn't what, have. Right. Yeah, he still has the imagination. The whole time of a he's child. like, people have. Not, he's like, he comes in and he and he's like, what are you people doing? Like, I don't. The kids aren't going to want to play with this shit because he knows because he's still a kid. Yeah, he still you know? has the imagination, but nobody's doing that for Barbie. Like they did that little test thing where they gave kids, but that's, that's because they, part. yeah, that's because the, they were like probably expecting. Like if you hand a kid a Barbie and then you hand the kid a fat Barbie, like they're going to know. Like it's it's instantly recognizable as like this is a Barbie, and that's why it's even harder to like it, and sort of pointless to try to change the body type, the like the way that Barbies looks because it's like you just see it and you're like that's Barbie, right? So if you're like do a test group of little kids and they're like here's a Barbie and here's a fat Barbie, they're immediately gonna want the one that like they've been they know they know the one yeah that's familiar. Yeah. Well, that's a good opportunity. I just let me just like kind of step back for a second and kind of just 
let me just say that like what what the documentary is kind of about, what it centers on is, uh, you know, this one, the woman who's in charge of redesigning Barbie. This is the moment where they decide that they're going to go ahead and do a curvy Barbie. And that's what they decide after, like you said, much debate. What should we call it? Um, they decide to call it like curvy Barbie. So they're going to do, they do officially decide to call it that. It's not like I don't think it's on the packaging, but that's I'm not sure. But that's how they described it. Yeah, because they have they that whole conversation that about way. like what do we right. what do we call it? They because they didn't like should we call it plus size Barbie? Should we call it curvy Barbie? Because yeah. if we don't, she says, if we don't give it a name, then it's just going to be fat Barbie. Everybody's going to call her fat Barbie. So the idea is though, this is which the everybody's going to call it anyway. Right. <laughs> they come up with not just curvy Barbie, but they come up with they redesign. They have like 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 a handful of new body types, different body types, not just the same Barbie thing. And this scene you're talking about where they test, they test a curvy Barbie out is my favorite scene in the movie because, you know, so the fat marketing woman who's in charge of redesigning things, (laughs) I say she's fat because it's totally relevant because like I said, she just keeps pushing, pushing, because it's very clear that what she wants is she wants the doll to look like her, basically. And she is testing out kind of like a fat Barbie for little kids. And I'm just going to, we'll just play it here and just let you listen. Then we can talk about it. Tell me, what do you think of these dolls? Do, are these all Barbies? I was so hoping that the little girls would hate Fat Barbie. You literally said that. You and were they like, did. oh gosh, I hope they hate it. And then immediately, like, they were like, and they I did. don't want Fat Barbie. And it made me so happy. <laughs> you know, it made me so happy. It was amazing. Like, <laughs> and, and, the, and the thing that you can't hear in the clip, they're showing, you know, the, the woman who's redesigning these, and she is so pissed. She's listening to them. And they're just like insulting the shit out of Fat Barbie, and they're going like, "Hi, I'm fat." Like they just make it. They're not only not only do they not like the doll, but they start making fun of fat people. Because little kids, guess what? They aren't these angels. <laughs> they're well, just, they're also, and that's so that's okay. Like they're not supposed to be, I, but it just shows that they don't care. Like they need to get a little kid. Like they need to hire like. Like, like they need to figure out a way to get past child worker laws and they need to hire a kid at Barbie <laughs> and they'll show them them and they'll be like, what do you think of this? And if they're like, no, then don't do it. Instead of a, thir- a 35 year old who wants who wants uh, she wants personal validation by making fat Barbie the most popular thing ever, which would then, of course, validate her, you know. And mm-hmm. by the way, we should also mention the rest of the crew that is redesigning 
Barbie, you know, because aside from the main, you know, the, the, the woman who's in charge of redesigning it is fat and gay. Okay, there's a white man who's in charge of like, you know, a bunch of stuff. I'm not sure exactly what his deal was. He's kind of like, he's like in charge, but then he disappears. He's like in one meeting and then he disappears. And the entire crew of like 12 people is like 10 women most of them, you said at one point, why are all these women fat? And two guys who are obviously gay. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole crew, right? And everybody is just doing this, like, you know, this this body positivity, you know, um, powwow through the whole thing. Like, oh, it's going to be so great. It's going to be so inclusive. It's going to be so amazing. And that's cool, I guess. And it does, the whole documentary, of course, raises the, the, the question, you know, like, to me, the question is, like like I said, you know, does it actually make sense, this, like, obsession with bringing everything down to one level, this obsession with everybody, everybody's just as good as everybody else? Because the point I would like to make here, <laughs> you could argue not everyone gets to be beautiful or special. That's actually reality, except, you know, then you, you, you come in and you say, no, that's not reality. It's just your patriarchal definition of beautiful. Sure, not everyone is beautiful when you define beautiful as this. Mm-hmm. Everybody's beautiful. Okay. What does that even mean? You know, the thing is, <laughs> being overweight is actually not a good thing. Like, do you want... By t- if, if you are eight years old and you're 50 pounds overweight, that's bad. You know, you, like social services should come and kick your parents' ass because of they, and get them to stop feeding you fucking Cheetos. Now, yeah, yes, but it's not the okay. kids' fault. I'm not saying it's the kids' that. fault. Right, yeah. it's not just, the kids' fault. I'm just fault. clarifying. Right, if I'm walking down the street and I see a, a, an, a kid who's completely overweight, I am pissed at the parents. And if you think that's fucked up out there listening to this, then ask yourself... What do you think when you're, if you were walking on the street and you saw some eight year old with a cigarette Cigarette. hanging out of his mouth, I mean, you'd fucking rush, you'd go, you'd rush up and do like a, like a citizen's arrest. What's the difference? You're feeding your kid fucking Cheetos and Doritos and Twinkies all day long and they're going to have diabetes their whole life and fucking die early maybe, you know, like, is it, is it really, would it really be so bad to have to feel bad about yourself for something that is bad when it comes to being overweight. I mean, God help us if we like, for God's sake, don't make a woman feel bad about anything. Don't make a little girl feel bad about anything, even if she should feel bad mm-hmm. because it's a problem. Is anybody saying like, don't shame people for being drug addicts? Don't shame people for smoking? No, we love shaming people for smoking. You should fucking quit. That shit's going to kill you. You know, what do you, you know, being overweight is not good. Should you, should we really redesign Barbie to just validate somebody's, somebody for being overweight? Now there are middle grounds. Yes. There's, there's girls who are just like, they're not overweight, but they're never going to be that slender quote unquote beautiful thing. Right. And I, you know, yes, I get it. Okay. Those, there are a lot of women like that who are not overweight, but they're never going to be that thing. And there's a lot of women out there 
who are not unattractive, but they're never going to be beautiful. That's because the word beautiful means extraordinary, special, And it unusual. means something different to everybody else. Yes, it does. Every, everybody. It does. Absolutely. I'm not saying beautiful is Anna Taylor-Joy. Is that what her name is? We just watched the yeah. movie with her. That's why I'm saying this. The menu. That's beautiful. You know, I'm not saying that. I mean, I think her eyes are really far apart. She looks kind of like a fish. But like, maybe that's your deal. Or like whoever it is, you know, I have weird taste, you know? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, you know, the kind of women who my friends when I was younger would be like, oh, that woman's so hot. I'd be like, eh. And the woman I'd be, and then I'd be like, hey, what about old Bjork over there? (laughs) (laughs) I was like Bjork, Parker Posey, you know, these kind of weird, like it's always like these weird kind of off kilter women and all my friends would be like, what's up with that? Like, like, like my, most of my friends, they, they would not think those women were attractive at all. They'd be like all into like, you know, like the nineties or something. They'd be like Pamela Anderson or something. Some like blonde chick with huge tits, you know, and I'd be like, that doesn't really do it for me. You know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder (laughs) to a point, (laughs) but like, (laughs) so With our little Barbie film here, here's some interesting. um, Yeah, just talk about like the facts and the quotes and stuff, because the the numbers were what was really interesting to me, because like it it makes sense that the times have changed and like the way I mean, but also Barbie's changed, like the numbers that they were saying at the beginning, like however much it doubled when Barbie was first introduced, like that is a different Barbie from what's sold on the shelves now. And it, she's still popular and yeah. she still makes a lot of money. Yeah, and the facts are really interesting. We should, you're right, we should, and we should mention some of those. So, woman was, uh, Barbie was invented by a woman named Ruth Handler. Mm-hmm. She was sort of like part of three people that started Mattel. Uh, Barbie sold uh, 300, I think, I think Mattel made $351,000 in 1959. By 1968, Barbie had made $500 million. So that's how much Barbie took off between 1959 and 1968. And again, that was at that time, that was a Barbie that they talked about that in the show. Like her eyes were downcast. She was wearing a lot of eyeshadow. Like her body was different. Her hair was different. Like Face the was clothes, different. Yeah. Yeah. The clothes that were available to her were different. And what seems like an attractive face changes also her face was very different if you look at her face now it doesn't look like the the faces now that they do are i mean some of it's technology you know but some of it's also like what society thinks is an attractive face right yeah i mean i mean just look at like what kind of women and men uh were like movie stars back Mm -hmm. then versus now a woman like uh like rosemary clooney for example yeah. You know, we just watched uh, White Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like a woman like that would never probably be a lead actress now, right? No. Um, or somebody like Doris Day, for example. You know, she was I mean, she was all the rage, right? And she was she was very kind of curvy though, right? And that's and you know, our general the general consensus on like what an attractive woman looks like has changed pretty dramatically even since the 50s. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like the kind of women who are considered really attractive now, a lot of times it's a very different look. And so that, I mean, right there, like things always keep changing. Yeah. Um, That's largely related to, like, I, I thought it was, 
I didn't think about it when we were watching it, but I'm thinking about it now. Like that line um, that a couple people referenced that I think like maybe it was the founder who said this, but she said something to the extent of like, like Barbie's very much about the clothes. Like she's very fashion oriented and almost it's more like you're buying her for like the possible outfits that you can put her in. And, like, the fact that she's going to have a huge wardrobe. So you have to think, like, is it more about the doll or is it more about the clothes? Because, like, every single Barbie throughout history and each year, depending on what's popular, the Barbie's going to stay the same for the most part, but the clothes are going to be the thing that changes. So, right, and that was one of the issues in this uh, in the in the when they're redesigning Barbie. It's like yeah. The whole part of the thing is, like, they're all the same. They all have to be the same so that – you can have any of the Barbies and she'll still fit in the car and she can still put on the shoes and the and the, the dresses and stuff. And if you start changing all the body types, because like when they change the body types, they, you know, they made like, there's like a short and squat Barbie and yeah. kind of a curvy Barbie, kind of a, kind of an overweight Barbie. And then there's one like sh- a small feet and one with big feet. But I think that there's like, there's, there would be maybe enough evidence to argue that Barbie is less about the physical doll and more about the fashions in the period that she's released in, especially right. because when they were, they were trying to make this huge point about how like, oh, look at how the Barbies have changed over time. Like her waist has gotten thinner, her waist has gotten bigger, her legs have gotten thinner, whatever. Like they, and they put right. all of them up there. Right. And the immediate, the first thing that I noticed that they were pointing out about the 1980s Barbie was that her waist was tiny. Like there's no way like even with with like the Barbie now, like or the Barbie that we we all know, like the vision that we have in our head, like that waist is still somewhat attainable. Like if you really like if you did like a waist trainer or whatever, like you could probably get to that if you're already skinny to begin with. But the thing about the 80s Barbie is that it was unnatural. Like the waist was like tiny and the shoulders were huge. And that is because in the 80s, like, you think about 80s fashion, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Shoulder pads. And you can't put, (laughs) like, Barbie's clothes didn't have shoulder pads in them. You had to make the body so that it reflected the clothes of the time. So it's more, like, I would say that Barbie is more about the fashion that you put her in instead of just the body that she's... And it's totally, yeah, and it's definitely, yeah, it's a great great point. And it's totally, um, obviously reflective of whatever the time is, you know, like, like, uh, you know... There was, uh, like in the 80s, you know, you have like exercise, jazzercise Barbie or something, right? And that's, you know, and literally, I mean, she's wearing like the same outfit that like, she looks like one of these like, one of these like bimbos that uh, Sam Malone would bring into the bar and cheers. (laughs) That, uh, (laughs) you know, just like the total, like I just got back from jazzercise class, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, but. Uh, Ruth Handler, a woman, which is interesting, uh, you know, is the one who invented Barbie in the first place. But at first, yes, it was very much about like she's like in, in like total like work clothes. And but Barbie was the first doll for kids to have breasts. And that was a big that was a big part of it. And that, that was, was a, and that was a woman who I came up with that. Yeah. And that's the reason why I I mean, I'm pretty sure that's the reason why growing up I wasn't allowed to have them because they were viewed as like right. sort of trashy. Like you're as a kid, you're not supposed to be running around yeah. with like a Barbie that has like giant boobs. And somebody said like, something in the documentary. I think of, it was something to the effect of they didn't put it like this, but um, 
they said something like that. Like girls are going to look at this and they're going to think like, oh, I'm going to have great tits when I grow up, you know? <laughs> but I remember some other woman saying, um, saying that she thought this was good because, because girls could kind of learn about their own body with this doll. It was like a progressive thing. A lot of people said at first, Barbie was actually very progressive because first of all, Barbie was like a career woman. Mm -hmm. She was single, you know, she wasn't tied down. She didn't have a family. So they bring in, you know, and, and somebody says one of these quotes, uh, Ruth Handler, who, you know, the inventor, she said, uh, we tried not to make her too beautiful. We didn't want the little girl to be threatened by Barbie being too beautiful. Um, that's an interesting thing. Like they didn't want the, she didn't want the little girls to be threatened by Barbie being too beautiful. She didn't want the little girls to, to look at this doll and go, oh, I'm never going to be that beautiful. They tried to make her sort of a middle ground. You know, kind of, I would say, along the same lines of what like a Hallmark movie does now compared to like a Hollywood movie. Like uh, in a Hallmark movie, you're never going to have, you're not going to have like, you know, Anna Taylor-Joy or whatever her name is. You're not going to have her in there. You're going to have like Catherine Zeta-Jones if this was a little while ago. You know, you're not going to have- Do you have, have a crush on Anna Taylor-Joy? <laughs> you brought this up twice. You're not going to have- I mean, you have can. Everybody does. You can bring I think up, she's boring. She looks kind of like a doll. She's got that thing going on, you know? Like if this was like 20 years ago, they would have had her for to do Amelie instead mm -hmm. of- uh, Audrey Tattoo. Tattoo. Yeah, in a Hallmark movie, so you're not going to have some just stunning, like, Hollywood starlet as the lead in a, in a Hallmark movie. I think precisely because, you know, Hallmark movies are completely targeted at, like, housewives. And you so you want the woman to be more attractive than your average housewife. She needs to be attractive enough that you can look at her for two hours and... You know, people like attractive people, men yeah. and women like attractive people. So if you, you know, she needs to be attractive enough so that she seems likable because that's how people are. But if she's too attractive, then your average housewife probably isn't going to be able to relate to her. She's going to be like, oh, I feel so sorry for this bitch with all of her problems. Just drop dead gorgeous can just get whatever she wants. Right. So she has to be kind of in the middle. And that's kind of what they want to do with Barbie, I guess. You know, so that's cool. And we don't want girls to feel bad. Let's give let's give them a middle of the road doll. That's fine. I don't have like like that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. It's not like Barbie ever. Then later, Barbie was so hot. She's a fucking doll. She's a plastic doll with painted eyes. She's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's that question again. Like I was talking about like our assumptions. We just know for a fact that like women, like little girls out there are just having their egos like just destroyed and shattered forever because their Barbie dolls are so hot and they're never going to be able to compete with their Barbie doll. I don't think that's any not little true. girl is going to pick up Barbie doll saying. and think. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is anybody doing that? Or these are just. No, because these are just like, adult women yeah. who are pissed off about the beauty norms not being them. Or them growing up. The fact that that's another thing is that we mentioned a couple times watching the documentary that like these the things that these women were saying, like they were so like academic, thought out, like an older person trying to like grapple with like their own struggles and then like blaming it on their Barbies. I love those. Like that's the thing is that nobody like a little girl <laughs> is not going to 
like if you're like unhappy with your life when you're like 50 you're gonna look back and be like well what could be the root cause of this and you're gonna be like oh it's probably because I had a bunch of Barbies and like surely little me like without realizing it must have been thinking oh I have to look like this totally but like no little kid is 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 like looking at Barbie and being like that's no, what I'm going to look fact, like. It's a toy. Little girls love their Barbies, but all of these adult women you're talking about are rushing in and saying, no, you only think, you only think, no, you only think you love your Barbie. You only think she makes you happy. Mm-hmm. But trust me, you shouldn't want to be that. You'll, you'll thank me later. It's the, like that well, thing. You'll, you'll thank me later. You know, yeah. you, 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 sure you want this, but that's because you've been brainwashed. Yeah. And you that's know? another thing too, that sort of like gave me the, the ick a little bit watching that documentary was that they said something about how like Barbie functioned as like a massive part of like girls like sexual awakening and like understanding sexuality and everything but the thing is is that like I know now in current day with like all the stuff like the, the our world is just like fundamentally and also like ecologically different like girls are going through puberty way earlier than they were back in like the time that barbie was got popular and everything so i don't it seems like kind of pervy to be like oh these these like these girls who are like five six seven like girls stop playing with dolls pretty quickly like i was a full-time nanny full-time babysitter for many 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 years like have worked with so many kids and like once a girl reaches like the age of like like six she's like not playing with dolls like that really Mm. like you have you have so many other things that you could be doing like the girl that I babysat she didn't have any like she liked stuffed animals and even those like over the course of my like six years of working with her she had like moved away from that really early on and she was like wanting to read she was wanting to like watch tv she was wanting to do all these other things she wasn't playing with a doll so it seems like the age that kids like get attached to things like that is like way too early to be even thinking about you know what what like why does this doll have boobs it, am i gonna have boobs like yeah, am i gonna like, look like this seems, it's just weird it seems uh yeah also, I don't mean to, uh, you know, shock anyone here, but uh, newsflash, you know, Barbie is not anatomically accurate. You know, well, yeah, yeah I mean, it's like she a has unre- she's, she's so unrealistic looking. Her waist is too small. Her tits are too big. Yeah. Well, did you notice that she also has like huge hinges where yeah. her hips should be. Did like, you notice that she has like giant, uh, giant fucking holes in her body? Yeah. And cracks and hinges. To, like, are women going like, like, are women, are, are girls playing with their dolls and looking at them and going like, I want to have huge hinges in my legs. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's interesting too because there's, there's not really any toy. It's a toy for a reason. It's not like a, like one of those creepy, like, uh, what are those things called? Like those, those like cr- completely aton- uh, anatomically, anatomically one of those completely anatomically correct, like figurines or whatever. Yeah. Like it's, it's a doll, it's a toy. And it's interesting too, because the, um, that Greta Gerwig, 
uh, trailer for the Barbie movie starts yeah. with the girls playing with just like baby dolls. Right. And then they like throw their babies, they like smash them. But the thing yeah, is, the whole is thing that is even, like a pair of the trailer is a parody of 2001, the beginning of yeah, 2001. Yeah. But the thing is that even like a baby doll that's like supposed to be like, you pretend like you're like a mother, like even that, like, do we need to change baby dolls? Because like kids are going to be like, wow, if I turn her over, her her eyes are going to close. And if I bring her back up, her eyes are going right. to open. And like, her, I think we should outlaw those fucking all, like, things anyway, because they're so creepy. Yeah. <laughs> But like kids are kids have an imagination for a reason. Yeah, like exactly. And yeah, well, that's one of those things. Like the, the assumptions again. Like what? When did we? When did we decide? <laughs> when? When did we decide that that Barbie is supposed to be like a sex ed uh, prop? You know, yeah, that's and that's prop. what. What's the word I'm looking for? Sex ed prosthetic, you know, like the stuff. Like if you're doing a sex ed class and you bring in like some this, like you bring in uh, aids, visual aids or whatever, like, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Barbie was considered to be sort of like a feminist rebellion, uh, because being a career woman and stuff like that, but also very importantly because Barbie was single and her man was an accessory. But that's like, the thing is that they're not changing Ken and he's not. There's no way a guy right. can look like that. Well, I pointed that out last night. I was like, what the hell? Let's listen to this great quote. For girls, the Barbie represented a kind of rebellion. There's no mom with three ungrateful kids Barbie, right? Barbie is always single. She's always carefree. She was a proto-feminist. And the Barbie play was also very empowering. You know, Barbie drove the Barbie car. The Ken was almost peripheral. He really was a gnat, a fly, an accessory. Ken was a gnat, a fly, an accessory. Right? That's how this woman describes Ken in this documentary. And and, and what she's saying is like, isn't that awesome? Like, that's why Barbie is a hero and a, and a rebellious figure is because her man is just like a fucking sex object. You know, once again, like women acting like men are heroic mm-hmm. and men acting like men. Well, we know what they are. Those fucking guys. Don't make me talk about that. So then we come to Betty Friedan, you know, and this fucking thing. Don't even get me started on Betty Friedan. Let's listen to Betty Friedan for I a minute. I don't remember who this Because was. Betty Friedan is... So much of why we are living in the nightmare fucking hellscape that we're living in now. Women were being chided for all sorts of problems. It was their fault. If children's bedwetting, the husband's ulcers. If they couldn't get the kitchen sink pure white or the husband's shirts properly ironed. But there was no word for the malaise that a woman felt as if the world was going on without her. She's BJ's wife, Junior and Janie's mother. But who was she herself? So to sum up, Women completely give up their identity when they get married. I've known plenty of women who are like, I never, you know, I never wanted to be just, just some man's wife, just somebody's mother, somebody's wife. That's the whole thing. That's the old school feminism thing. Like, don't be a chump. Don't just be somebody's wife. Don't be somebody's mother. Go be your own person. And the whole assumption here that they've been taught 
The people like Betty Friedan have been just shoving down your fucking throat for decades is that women get married and they just live like slaves. They give up their identity. They could have lived these vibrant, amazing lives and instead they just turned into a wife and a mother and just lived in slavery doing this. Meanwhile... Their men were out there just like having a ball, working themselves into an early grave in a fucking coal mine or down at the steel plant. Do you think that the men were loving this shit? Let me tell you something. As a man, ladies, do you honestly believe that men don't give up their identities to get married and become a husband and a father? Do you think that men don't have these fantasies? Of course, you know they do. But it's different, isn't it? You know what we call a woman who leaves her husband and her kids in her 40s to go live her truth? She's a fucking hero. You know what we call a man who does that? The quintessential example of an adult child, pathological narcissist, irresponsible piece of shit. 45-year-old guy who bails on his marriage and his kids to start fucking his 20-year-old secretary and start traveling. I don't know what it is. I've just been getting in touch with myself and, you know, I really want to travel. I want to make love to beautiful women. I want to go play my guitar. <laughs> yeah. Is that heroic? I don't think so. Because that's what all men want, believe me. At the beginning, that's what men want. They want to have an adventurous life. They want to travel. They want to make love to beautiful women. They want to <laughs> be a rock star. That's what they want. And they give it all up to become a husband and a father, you know? But and they, that's not to say, let me be really clear on this. I'm not being all down on marriage. I'm saying that's a necessary sacrifice to have a decent society. You know, if you are a man with a loving wife and loving children, well, your children you don't even have to be loving. They're your children. You have to take care of them. You have children. You have a loving wife. You know, you need to honor your commitments, and you need to realize you do need to grow well, up. Women, you you still want yeah. the yeah, we all do. What I'm saying is like everybody still fantasizes about that exciting life they could have had. That's okay. Like people learn that with age and experience, you know? Like it's okay that you know, because a lot of people, you know, end up in therapy saying things like, I feel terrible, you know, my husband is really great. I love him, he's a wonderful man, you know, but I still feel like I want other things. And men and, you know, men, of course, talk about that. Men are like, you know, my wife's amazing, but I'm bored with my life. That's what happens, you know? Like, the thing is, growing up and being a decent person, it does require sacrifice. Not that doesn't even have to mean a bad thing, right? It's like honoring your commitments and, and doing something that is worth doing and making sacrifices. It doesn't mean it's not a sacrifice, you know, it makes me think of a movie like It's a Wonderful Life, you know, right? Where the whole point of that... Masterpiece. Like my favorite film probably ever, right? And the whole point of that film, not to mention about a billion other films since then... It's like the prototype. ...is to convince men that they better get happy and deal with the fucking lot that they've been given. Because it turns out that it really is a wonderful life. <laughs> what, what's the line at the end of It's a Wonderful Life? George Bailey, the richest man I know. Isn't that it? Because 
a person who has friends is rich, is truly blessed. You know, actually, most men live their lives in quiet desperation, having given up all of their dreams. So do women. To take... Yes, we all know but that. It's like We're it's, very aware of that because women do nothing. Well, why but not just say bitch. most people? Because I'm talk I'm defending men in this situation because women do nothing but bitch about how fucking bad they have it as if men are having a great time. Like we we think back in the 60s like it's a wonderful life. Go back to that for a second. The point of that movie is basically like there's a value in just basically the point is, be happy with what you have. You know, that is the quintessential movie, right? Because he he says, like, I want an exciting life. He wanted to do all these exciting things, and he got screwed into staying in his little town and marrying the, marrying this woman and staying with the woman and doing his job at the bank and all this stuff. And he, want, he was going to do all these things. He wanted to travel the world and build stuff and blah, blah, blah. You know, and he's really frustrated. And... He just lives in quiet desperation and of course eventually he sees what he what you know he sees what the world would have been like without him and he sees how amazing his life was and he realizes it's really a wonderful life. And pretty much every movie since that has been the same thing. <laughs> there are so many movies that are basically telling people be happy with what you have. Right? Mm-hmm. And meanwhile the whole Betty Friedan thing is the opposite. It's telling women, get out, you know, change your life because if you're married, you're a slave. And she seems to just really believe that the men, just because they were going to work instead of staying home and taking care of the kids, were out there having a ball. Most men, almost all of them, work jobs that they don't like, that don't mean anything. They had dreams, they had things they wanted to do, and they slowly came to terms with the fact that they aren't going to be able to do any of those things they wanted to do because they have to get up and go to fucking work every day to throw 50 hours a week of their life in the garbage can in in exchange for a not very good paycheck to take care of their wife and their kids and themselves and whatever But is that a wonderful life, though? Or well, should they just ditch it and go do what the hell they want to do? Movies like <laughs> It's a Wonderful Life, Frank Capra, you know, it's, that's a different question about like, you know, it's kind of like a lie for the better, for the, for the betterment of society. You know, if we, because people do what you tell them to do and they believe whatever narrative you shove down your throat, right? So if mainstream media and film, like all that stuff we love to laugh about now from the 50s, which was all designed to make people feel satisfied with what they had in life, as opposed to, well, I should say, a lot of it was designed to make people feel not satisfied and to go buy stuff to make them satisfied. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to like, you know, ignore the hyper-consumerism of our country, but That's I'm saying- That's what Barbie is, is, is like the yeah. symbol of consumerism that brings us back to the fashion thing, which yeah. I maybe might be onto something there. I mean, not mm-hmm. to toot my own horn, <laughs> but it's just about the, the objects that she owns and the, the things that she puts on. Yeah. So we have, you know- we have a couple different things going on, you know? I mean, I mean, this film is about the body positivity shift. This is the moment where 
they've already achieved, you know, a diversity with the dolls. They're just, they've already become more inclusive with different kind of races and, and different ethnicities, mm-hmm. but they hadn't caught up to the body positivity. All of, so we have like the criticism was something like, you know, um, uh, you know, body shaming in any color or something like that, because there were mm-hmm. all these different colored Barbies, but they were all skinny. So people were just like, Oh, so body shaming in any color or something like that. Like, so they finally caught up and made, you know, some fat Barbies and some short squat Barbies and all kinds of different body types with the whole sort of like assumption that people want to see themselves represented. The The documentary was very kind of biased. In 2016, the documentary right. in 2018 uh, that came out was very, you know, it was biased a bit in this way where they covered the, when the new body types came out, Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they gave us about a million quotes that were all positive. Like, everyone's yeah, like, oh, Twitter. this is amazing. This is amazing. I mean, they didn't, I'm sure they didn't pull from the, the just like negative tweets. I'm sure there Why were lots of people those? going, oh, yeah. here we go again with the woke bullshit. None of that or was in there. Or at least some people. Yeah. Yeah. For none sure. of that was in there. So it would be interesting now to see how has Barbie performed since that doll came out in 2016. Well, that's the thing I mentioned last night. I was looking at these Barbies, these like, you know, curvy Barbies or whatever. And I was like, I never have seen these in, in store, like walking around Target. I went to like over winter break, I went into multiple different toy stores trying to find toys for um, your nieces. And it was like, I never saw a curvy Barbie because if I saw one, I would be like, I would be like the little girl in the test group. I'd be like, whoa, this isn't Barbie. Or like, what's this? You know, it would definitely like draw my attention in and I didn't see anything like that. So I don't know if they're still... It's I still wonder, a thing. you know, has this, has this new, all these new different body types that you can just, there's, there's problems with this. Like, I think you mentioned last night, um, what about like the parents picking out a Barbie as a gift for their daughter or son? You know, if you give your daughter a, a fat Barbie Sorry, a curvy Barbie. The girl, you're basically saying to the girl, here, you're fat. Here's a fat Barbie that looks like you. You know, you're basically confirming, like, oh, we got you this thing because mm-hmm. we thought, this is like, to me, that's like giving your girlfriend, like, a membership to the gym. You know? I thought this would be good for you. Or like, oh, I bought you some new pants that'll be more comfortable. I bought like a triple extra large because I thought... That's what you said to me. You said I got you all these pants so you'll be comfortable. <laughs> da, da, da. That's different. I bought you pants for Christmas. They're very comfy. Just because they're comfortable doesn't mean they're fat pants. <laughs> um, Moving on, though. Um, Please edit that out. <laughs> You're not going to now that I said it. You'll be hearing from my lawyers. <laughs> That's one thing. You know, do you, it, it's kind of problematic to be picking out your daughter's body type and like, you know, externally validating or invalidating what she thinks her body type is. That seems kind of problematic. That's kind of like giving your son a G.I. Joe and giving your daughter an easy bake oven because you're like, you're a boy, you get this. You're a girl, you get this. So how's it different when you go, well, you're fat, you get this. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's just, I don't know. There's a narcissistic undercurrent to all of this, though. It's the same unconditional affirmation that we have just come to assume is the correct thing. 
you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe kicking a kid's ass once in a while. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to go on the record right now and say, like, shame is not necessarily always a bad thing. Like, people need to feel shame sometimes. And we know that because we know that some people should feel ashamed. Mm. Anything else to say about Barbie before we go finish Rocky Four? Don't buy your daughter a Barbie. Just don't. She'll end up way more well-rounded. Because they're stupid and they're pieces of plastic and they're going to go sit in a landfill for the next 500 years. I agree. Don't buy your daughter a Barbie, but not because she's too hot or too skinny. Don't. We should turn this into an eco-criticism thing. Don't buy a Barbie because they're made out of plastic and plastic is so bad for the environment. And that Barbie that your daughter plays with for maybe a couple days before she gets tired of it and throws it in a bin is going to be like... It's going to it's going to like exist way longer than any of us are. <laughs> Just fill up the landfill. <laughs> so Yeah, you know, that's probably the best that's probably like that's a great point actually. That's probably the best argument that doesn't come up at all in that documentary. Uh and whenever anybody talks about Barbie, it's just it's always about fucking women's body image. You know, and it's never about like the consumerism said. aspect of it with the plastic. I just mean, how many how many Barbie environmental how many Barbie effect. shoes are out there that are just like like littering the earth? Turtles right now? choking on Barbie's it's, high heels. It's probably happening right now. Some sea lions, some really cute sea lions out there, were going like, "Hey, what's that?" Barbie's plastic hair floating around, <laughs> the and they spit it out, and they're like, "Fuck." That stiletto. Bill, are you all right? Bill! And Bill's over there, this sea lion with like a fucking Barbie stiletto through his throat. That's what Barbie does. <laughs>